Hey everybody, Bishop Robert here. Welcome to this edition of Kingdom Conversations where we we spend some time, you know, finding out what God is doing in the body of Christ. There's so much that is happening in God's kingdom really all around the world. I'm drawn to that verse in Isaiah that says, uh, Behold, darkness will cover the earth, gross darkness the peoples, but the light of God will arise upon you. So while in society things seem to be going crazy, and I'm telling you what, just every area, you know, social issues, economy, uh, global nation war against war, pandemics, I mean, it's mind-blowing. In the middle of all that, there is a kingdom that cannot be shaken, that is emerging strong. And so in our Kingdom Conversations, we spend time talking to leaders in God's kingdom and uh, catching the pulse of what God's doing around the world. And I'm so glad to bring to you today uh, a very good friend of mine. He is an emerging leader in the body of Christ. He's got an amazing testimony. He's doing amazing work. Marcus McFoling. Hey, brother. What's up, Bishop? How good. are you? Doing well, man. Good really? Here. You're here in Buffalo, man. Yes, We're sir. so happy. Buffalo, man. So, so happy. So you're from here. Ohio, Canton, Ohio. So from California, but I live in Canton, Ohio. Did you grow up in California? Yes, sir. And bring us through, I mean, you are now, right now, through uh, uh, through Reach One yes. Ministries, you're speaking on high school campuses, yes. you're speaking on college campuses. Um I mean, I think there's a there's a real strong evangelistic outreach to what you do, um, which is so important that we have the the ministry of evangelists. Yeah. You know that we call people evangelists, but too many times they're in the church. Really, the evangelist yeah. should be out there, and not in the church. And that's what you're doing, which yeah. I so respect. But before we get there, tell us a little bit of your testimony. Yeah. I mean, you grew up playing sports. Yeah, yes, sir. Um, you had some success in sports. Mm-hmm. Then yeah. you had a bad injury yep. that led to some bad outcomes. Oh, yeah. Bring us through that story. Yeah, so grew up in California and inner city. Most people probably could tell me my story just without with me just saying that. But I found the game and loved the game because it was good to me. I could hit people and not get in trouble for it. Yeah. And but unfortunately, I had to go to class, and I didn't want to go to class because I was a knucklehead kid that didn't have a father inside of the home telling me to go to class, mm-hmm. and yet I was good enough to continue to just you know slip through the cracks. I did really well my senior year, get a bunch of division one, division one scholarships. And I don't know what to do with my life because I don't really have the direction necessary and then I don't graduate from high school. And so the first roadblock that I'm faced with, so I have some choices to make. So I played in junior college football, did really well. Pete Carroll just starts to recruit me. I'm in junior college, doing well there. But unfortunately there was always something that kept me from being able to accept a scholarship, whether it was a class. And then my friend showed me this little school called Malone College. I had never been to Ohio. I had never seen the snow. I didn't know what, <laughs> I didn't know what black guys was. Yeah. I literally grew up by the ocean in Monterey. Right. And you know, a few weeks later I was in the scholarship all oh, the way wow. out here in Canton, Ohio. And I was pursuing my dreams, did really well, set a bunch of records playing running back, get a chance to go and work out for all thirty two NFL teams. And this is in two thousand eleven. Dreams were coming true. Uh, I had this mentality that there was nobody that was gonna stop me. I knew that I, I could be successful if I just put my head down and work, but you know, unfortunately you have to do something else as well. You had to have mm-hmm. grades and you had to make sure that you were doing everything possible to be successful. And this was the year of the NFL lockout. Mm. And so I made it difficult for small college football players to get a chance. Uh, I did really well, tested really well. Uh, most people would probably be shocked when I play running back in college and, mm. you know, I could move, run through them and run through them was my motto. Um, I don't get drafted. And then I got a chance to play in the arena football league. I'm doing well in the AFL playing down in Texas. 
and uh, working out for some NFL teams. And I blew my shoulder out in that workout. Up to that point, I had never smoked, never drank. I was so focused on the game mm-hmm. because I wanted to be successful. My family was in what we call the hood, and mm-hmm. I had to get them out. Mm-hmm. And um, Wow, you they felt over- that pressure. Oh, absolutely. They overprescribed me. Mm-hmm. They gave me a fentanyl patch, instant release oxycodone, and extended release morphine. Mm-hmm. And so when you mix psychological depression with physical dependency, you're going to get a drug addict. Mm-hmm. Now, this is my first time taking medication. I justified it because my name was on a pill bottle. And so I continued to take it. I'm married to a beautiful woman. I'm still trying to get back to the league because I knew that I had the ability to play at a high level. But unfortunately, I couldn't quite get to that level. And uh, just depression at an all-time low. And so this ended in uh, a drug dependency. Oh, big time. Which, you know, so many, we hear this over and over again about, uh, you know, doctors who are indiscriminately kind of, yeah. you know, prescribing these things, not following up, not measuring carefully. And, sure. and this is the story that we oh, hear literally. over and over and over again. It's yeah. terrible. And then my wife gets pregnant mm-hmm. and I'm like, well, I want to be a father that I didn't have. And so I said, okay, well, let's, let's move back to Ohio where all the Christians are. So I went to a Christian university. Mm-hmm. So I had this idea of who God was, but I didn't let the 18 inches connect between my brain and my heart. I had all this head knowledge, spoke fluent Christianese, but you know, when rubber hit the road, I had no idea who I was. Mm-hmm. And so we moved back and I thought changing geographically would change my situation, but it didn't. Mm-hmm. And I had to learn how to face my issues head on, but I had no idea how. Mm-hmm. And so I'm in Ohio now. I don't have team doctors. And so I'm trying to figure out what I'm supposed to do. I started buying drugs off the streets. Mm-hmm. And I went and would sit outside of Dope Boy's house for eight hours, hoping that he would give me something, would front me something. And then when I ran out of money, I would go to a bunch of different doctors. Mm-hmm. I went to 38 different doctors for 59 prescriptions in five months. Yeah. The depths of deception. And the fact that that's even possible, yeah. you know, is well, just... I was a really good liar. Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but still, yeah. in today's world, you'd think that there'd be in a, a, a way to help in the midst of that. Yeah. Um, but I just want to say to somebody watching this right now, you know, that word of encouragement, because here you are, a testimony Absolutely. to what God can do. You know, we're going to hear more of your story, yeah. but... Obviously, God yeah, came in yeah, and intervened. For sure. And um, and so wherever you are, whatever you're struggling with, however you're or, or someone you love um, is struggling, uh, I want to tell you, God God can make a way. He's a yeah, way maker absolutely. where there seems to be no way. Yeah. And so uh, bring us through till today. Yeah. So I, June 16, 2017, my wife calls the cops on me. I got charged with three felonies, deception to obtain a dangerous drug. I've got some choices to make. And the only thing I knew to do was continue to get high. And that day, everything changes. She leaves me. I get arrested. I go to jail. I'm sitting inside of a cell. And I had this great plan that I was going to take my life. I get, mm. I get released. I come home. Everything's gone. And I had this plan. I was going to kill myself on my first father's day. And I would call my wife 100 times. I would say, hey, I just want to talk to my daughter one more time. She was seven months old at the time. So I just want to talk to Avery. She let me talk to my daughter. And in that FaceTime phone call, I felt the love of a father to a child like never before. I told my daughter in this FaceTime phone call that daddy is going to do whatever he has to do to be in your life. The next day I checked myself into Teen Challenge, which is a faith-based rehab. And the only way Started I say by David it, Wilkerson. Come on. And the only way I can say it is the devil should have killed me when he had me. Mm-hmm. I realized that my brain was dirty and it needed some washing and had to wash it with the word of God. And it's like all the, the Bible knowledge that I had began to click mm-hmm. in a way like never before. And I wanted to be a person of integrity. I said, you know what? I'm going to be a person of integrity and I'm going to plead guilty to my felonies because I knew that I did it. I stood in front of that judge shaking like a leaf. And she looked at me and says, I said, listen, judge, we can in all court proceedings. I did it. I'm guilty. She looks at me and begins to cry. She says she's never had somebody be that honest in the courtroom. She said, go back to Teen Challenge. I don't have a record to this day. Mm. So when these things start happening, I'm getting on fire for Jesus. 
I'm reading Luke 15 one day and I hear uh, the story of the lost sheep and I realized that I was the lost sheep that he left in 99. Wow. Felt the Lord speak to my heart. He said, never make ministry about numbers. Every person has infinite value to them. Right. He says, I've given you the ministry of reconciliation. And then I heard reach one. It stands for reconciling every abandoned child home. Mm, reconciling up, every abandoned child home. I love that. Ended up graduating the program. Family gets completely reunited. Got a phone call randomly. How long was that? Kind of teen challenge yeah. rehabilit. How long was that? Thirteen season? months inpatient. Okay. Thirteen mm-hmm. months inpatient rehab. Can only talk to my wife for fifteen minutes a week. But I realized that God wanted my fingerprints off what His fingerprints were meant for. That's what actually brought healing to my wife. I end up getting released. I get out of the program. I come home. I'm on fire for Jesus, but I knew that I needed to work. So I had three jobs. I was grinding, and uh, I got a call randomly from a principal and said, "Hey, we heard about your story." No, I had never spoke before. I didn't, I didn't know what speaking was. I knew that I wrote some prayers down that God was going to use me. And they said, we want you to inspire our students. And uh, this was October 12th, which is exactly a year later from when the Lord told me about mm. to reach one. And I didn't know that you couldn't like preach the gospel like that in high school. Nobody told right. me that. So I went there. Francis Tan had this rope illustration. I'm like, you got to, the decisions you make now last for eternity. You need to repent. And the altars were full, but I've never been invited back to that school. <laughs> We've been doing it uh, for about four years now, ever since. Wow. So that was about four years ago. Yeah. And and how do folks find you and find Reach One yeah. online? Yes. Yeah, so the biggest thing is when that one school happened, it's like the Lord put my name in the wind where schools from everywhere started hearing about me. And we would go because in. Because it's such a crisis right now. Yeah. I mean, Big there's time. not a school system in this nation. Absolutely that is not dealing with addiction. Oh and goodness. now with fentanyl being laced into everything, yeah. um, you're not just talking about yeah. chronic drug addiction, you're talking sure. about death. Absolutely. And you the know? biggest thing young people are facing is absenteeism. Like oftentimes there's not a father figure in the home. And if he is home, he's working a lot. And these young people want to know who they are. That's what I wanted to know at 14. And so when I go into a school and I tell them who they are and who they are, something clicks. It's like the same thing that happened with me in rehab. I realized I was loved and accepted by God. And so we get a chance to travel and tell the next generation that they're loved and accepted by God. We but again, how do folks find you? Oh, so how do people find me? Like, how do they stay connected? Or how do yeah, they yeah, find yeah. me? Oh, oh, we're on Instagram, Snapchat, TikTok. What? I mean, everything. What? Marcus Nifong, just my name. Okay, Marcus. Yeah. So let's, we'll try to put that in the, in yeah. the, uh, in the chat here right now. So people gotcha. can find you because they'll want to follow along yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and, and support your ministry and what yes, you're sir. doing. So amazing. Yeah. So you're out there touching lives yeah. in the school system. Yes, bringing your testimony, um, helping bring freedom to these young people. And then through my friend, Pastor Doug Reed, uh, an Ohio guy, um, we connect and we invite you to Israel. Yeah. So did you ever imagine back in the, you said never in a million years did I ever think I would go to Israel. Never. So what was that? I mean, you have, you've got, California, kind of by your own words, you're yeah, in the hood. Yeah. Then you're pursuing football. You go through this dark, dark few years yeah. of just, you know, fighting for your survival. And then you come into a place of God using you. And then this call comes to go to Israel and, yeah. and talk about that. Man. When I say life changing, I think I had an idea of who that was. And I was very much saved and filled with the Holy Ghost. But it's different when you get a chance to go to where these things took place. No words and for it, it. I went there like as a tourist. Right. You know, probably most people do like, hey, yeah. I'm going to go. I'm going to see it's a once in a lifetime trip. No, it's it's so much more than that. When I went over to Israel, I realized that there was this story 
that's much bigger than I realize. And I get a chance to be a part of it. And when you step off the plane and you start going through the airport, which is an extensive <laughs> process, I'll tell you what, terrifying, terrifying process. But I got there and I realized that God was already moving mm -hmm. and it changed the course of my life because I realized that God had a part for me to play in the grand scheme of things. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they say you read the Bible and you're just like reading it in HD. Mm -hmm. Going over to Israel, it's like I'm reading it in 8K now. Mm -hmm. I mean, you you start to see the things in which you read about. and It changed the way that I saw myself. It changed the way that I saw the Jewish people mm -hmm. and just that relationship. And I want to fight, advocate, and do whatever I can mm -hmm. for our brothers and sisters over there. Mm -hmm. um, got a chance to hear one of the one of the rabbis preach, mm -hmm. and I talk about this a lot. When mm -hmm. everybody they know that I talk about this. Yeah. Do you remember which one it was? Um, it, was it David Nekrutman? Nekrutman. David Nekrutman, sure. So he started bringing it. Mm -hmm. I mean, he started preaching. Mm -hmm. And when I say I felt the presence of God, I, I, it wrecked me. Mm -hmm. It wrecked me because I don't know if I was necessarily expecting that. And then getting a chance to to celebrate Shabbat over there, going to the Wailing Wall. And of course, oh our goodness. our real supporter, yeah. you know, Mark Gerson. Oh who's my just God, been Coach such, Mark. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Mark, Mark and Erica have such been such an incredible, yeah. vital part of all this. Absolutely. And, and you guys connected yeah. over the whole sports thing. Yeah, Mark's a big Coach. sports guy. Yeah, I, mean, I always call him Coach Mark, man. He holds me accountable when it comes to my diet. And yeah, yeah. it's my guy, man. Uh, just getting a chance to meet him over there mm -hmm. and hearing his story and his journey and just seeing how there's so many stories that are almost untold. Mm -hmm. And getting a chance to see it with my own eyes. Like we went through one of the caves there. You know, I'm a big boy. But just seeing how everything I'm reading happened. Yeah. And you believe that, right? Because we believe the Bible to be the inspired word of God. But when you get to see it, it sets you on fire. And, and I would say not only seeing that it happened, but yeah. seeing that it is happening. It's happening, yeah. You know, all of a sudden you're like, okay, wait a minute. Yeah. This whole covenantal God yeah. is still active in history. Absolutely. It's not just about me going to heaven when I die. Yeah. It's not just about me having yeah. this relationship with Jesus, though that's important, obviously. But it's about also I am I am in covenantal connection Absolutely. with the purposes of God in history. Yes. And and yeah, it's really. Folks, every Christian, at least once in your life, you've yeah. got to purpose in your heart to be in Israel. It's, yeah. it's indescribable how it changes your life. And now you're getting ready. Your ministry is going to be bringing yeah. a group back next year. Trip. And yeah. I would even say every Christian, not only do you need to go there one time, but you need to go there multiple times. Yeah. But I tell yeah. them go once because if yeah, you go yeah. once, they're going to go oh, back. Oh, yeah, that's right. <laughs> Very true. Very true. But, but yeah, it's, it's, really, it's unbelievable. It's, People, they go once and say, I've got to get back there. It's a game changer. Yeah. And just even Shabbat and the things mm -hmm. that I learned about Sabbath thing and just shutting it down. And the Wailing Wall was the most impactful thing mm -hmm. for me. I kind of battled with the Lord. I don't know if you saw the video of me at the Wailing Wall, but I had this wrestle with the Lord. I'm mm. like, God, you you hear my prayers wherever. I'm full of pride. I'm like, God, you hear my prayers wherever I'm at. And I sit back and. I just felt the Lord say, so what's the what's the big deal? Why can't you go and pray? Mm. And so I wrote down and, and I said, okay, God, what would I pray for? And it pulled the purest prayer out of me. Mm. The only thing that I could write on that paper was that my two daughters would know him. Mm. And that they would serve him all their lives. And as I'm walking to the wall, just the presence of God <laughs> there, I just, I started weeping. I mm. wept. And it was one of the most powerful encounters I've ever had mm. with God. And so... Yes, we're going to be leading a trip there. We'll be leading. But I love that you just said 
you know, you were wrestling with God going yeah. to the wall, which is the whole point. Yeah. Right. Like yeah. Jacob yeah. became Israel yeah. because he wrestled. Mm. So God changed his identity yeah. after he wrestled with yeah. God, wrestled with the angel of the night. And, 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 and that is what we need to do, beloved. We need to wrestle yeah. with our faith. Yeah. We need to contend to, to profoundly understand um, our faith and our place in history. And somehow Israel accelerates that process. You know, it's not that it can't happen apart from there, but somehow it just, it just puts you into a supersonic mode of, of wrestling with who is Jesus? Who is Jesus in me? Who am I in Jesus? And, and what is my place in, in covenantal history? So it's incredible. And, uh, you're amazing. We're blessed to be in relationship with you. Your sphere of influence now has increased. You're mentoring other young Christian leaders around the nation. Um, you're, you're, you're banding them together into an alliance to kind of like stem the tide of, of darkness that's trying to take out America's yeah. young people. It's Absolutely. incredible the favor God has given you. Just in the last couple minutes that we have together, yeah. just, you know, share a little bit. What do you see for the future of America right now? Yeah. How do we need to be praying? How do yeah. we need to be proactively positioning ourselves Absolutely. to cooperate with the Holy Spirit right now? Yeah, I think that it's understanding that during biblical days, whenever they would tread the ground, there would be two oxen, right? There would be an older oxen and a younger oxen. The older oxen represents wisdom. The younger oxen represents strength. And I believe the Lord wants to, it's Malachi 4.6, the hearts of sons being turned back to fathers. Right. And so we can co-labor together. You can't have one without the other. My job as a millennial is I want to bridge the gap between Gen Z and the older generations. I understand that they're the leaders of today and I understand how to serve the older generation. So I want to be a bridge and helping connect the dots because the only way that we're ever going to see revival, like we want to see revival and true habitation is when we're co-laboring together, multi-generational discipleship. And that's why what you're doing and being getting a chance to be in relationship with you I've learned so much just about trusting the Lord, about trusting the process, about the presence of Jesus, even musically. Like I'm not a musician, but I walked in and you were just crushing it and wanting the next generation to be able to glean from that and wanting them to be able to learn. And so I just see I see God using Gen Z, Gen Alpha as the leaders of today, but with the covering of the fathers, because you can't I mean, you know, the old wineskin. Right. We always talk about that you know, being, becoming a new wineskin, absolutely. Mm-hmm. But what do you do with the old wine? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You have to take that old wine and pour it into a new wineskin because as wine, it gets better with age. Mm-hmm. And I believe that as we co-labor together, we are going to see God move in miraculous ways. But the only way that that happens is by one conversation, mm-hmm. two, taking Gen Z over to the Holy Land because mm-hmm. when they see yeah. it at a young age, yeah, oh, it's over. 100%. Oh, it's over, so. You know, and I love just as we're closing that you reference that verse of the hearts of the fathers to the children, children to the fathers. And there's so many layers of application for that verse. Obviously, that's what you just talked about, that generational thing. But I also believe another level of application is that the Jewish people are our fathers, right? They are our, you know, and so we are the spiritual, we're the spiritual children of King David and of Abraham and of Isaiah and of Gideon and of Jesus, the Jew, and of the apostle Paul, the Jew, you know, we, we, we think of these Christian New Testament people and I know they're Jewish. (laughs) So God's turning our hearts back to the Jewish people and their hearts to us. 
And the result of that is that the curse does not proliferate, you know, in our generation. So it's so urgent. Folks, this is an amazing, amazing young man of pastors. You need to invite him into your city. Uh, he will do an amazing job for you in a regional event, whatever it is. This is a ministry that we just fully, fully endorse and cooperate with. And I want to encourage you to get involved with Marcus McFoling Reach One. And uh, again, you can go in the comments right there and we'll put in all of his um, social media handles. McFoling is M-C-F-O-L-L-I-N-G. And uh, Marcus with a K. And uh, get involved with his ministry. Man, thanks for coming Absolutely by. We're glad you. to have you in Buffalo, brother. Yes, sir. God bless, bless you. you. God bless. God bless everybody. Keep working and praying for the peace of Jerusalem.